It's a weird fluke of the calendar that it feels like it's been December forever, and it's almost Christmas, but we're still just now at the third Monday of the month, which means it's time for our regular check-in with Ryan McCready of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. And even though it's Christmas week, and I know he's a very busy guy, he has graciously taken the time to keep our scheduled appointment and check in on how we're doing with economic development, job creation, and there's always a lot to talk about. So, Ryan McCready, welcome back to the program. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. I uh, want to start with uh, the announcement that came down last week, an update on the uh, the long-awaited sports park that is planned for Legacy Point. That, of course, the development of the south end of Springfield with the uh, the one very big famous tenant down there whose name is going to uh, go even further in the Legacy Point area as uh, we've learned that Shields has acquired the naming rights to this new sports park. What's the significance of that? Well, this is a very significant announcement uh, for both our community to show that Shields is interested in putting their name on this development. Of course, Shields has been part of the community since 2011. Um, they're quite the anchor tenant, but to have them showing their support for the project is very significant. But outside of our area, as far as this project, as this project proceeds and they and they look to secure, you know, other investors, other development nearby. Having Shield signing on with with their show of support for the project gains a lot of interest also on, on a national basis. So it's important locally, it's important nationally, but it's also important for moving this development to the next step. The uh, the statement that uh, came down last week indicated that Shields has been a partner in trying to help line up some additional private funding. We know that the city of Springfield has put together an incentive package to help underwrite some of the cost of building this complex, which is going to have uh, baseball and softball fields, soccer and lacrosse fields, and eventually an indoor facility for basketball and other sports there as well. And while the city did put together together a, a pretty lucrative package. It obviously doesn't cover all the costs there. Can you speak to, to the role Shields is playing beyond the naming rights as far as, uh, you know, are, are they recruiting investors or is it just their presence becomes a, a draw and a lure for investors? How does that work? Well, the developers are, have been busy, you know, it, since the May approval by the city council of the development agreement. The investors, uh, the developers have been busy doing two things, working very hard on the design and getting that through all the approvals that we need at the local governmental level, but also been working on putting together their financing and their capital stack, you know, showing, uh, showing potential investors, potential financiers, the other parties that have come in. So Shields doesn't particularly go out and recruit other investors, but having them signed on gives confidence to you know other potential investors, and it's really pushing this project forward to becoming a very bankable deal. Um, you know, the old saying, Jim, is that success has a million fathers and failure is an orphan. When other entities see a company like Shields sign on, then their level of interest increases. Um, also, the developers have been busy talking to potential users of the sports complex. Those agreements are becoming mature. Uh, that's another factor that they're using to secure investment and financing. And everyone involved is still very confident that they're going to break ground on this development in the spring of 22. Just hopefully the weather subsides in a few months and we can do things like that. Right. Are, are you able to say how much Shields paid for the naming rights? I'm just kind of wondering if I missed the opportunity. You know, Jim's sports complex would be kind of cool, but uh, I just I didn't know if it was in my in my budget or not. Um, I, I don't have a number. It's a private agreement between the developer and Shields. Um, I have to, you know, my limited experience with these things would tell me that it's a very significant investment. 
but I just I don't have a number. I'm sure though, if you were willing to knock them, if you're interested in knocking them out of first place, that the developers would talk to you about it. Though, well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go through the couch cushions one more time, see what I come up with. Okay. Talking with Ryan McCrady, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, uh, and this is a, a big project here. And Ryan, as you said, uh, the plan is for a groundbreaking in the spring and completion in late 2023. And to the best of your knowledge, is that all still on track? I know that there had been some concerns from aldermen uh, because we've had ideas like this before even in that area of Springfield and when it got down to crunch time it was a little harder to put it all together than what people I think initially envisioned it might be but in in, as far as you know are things still progressing on that relative schedule? They are right on schedule if you think that the city council just approved this in May and we could break ground in less than a year later you have to think that that's that's a lot going on in that period of time coming up with the final design plans, putting together the financing package, getting back before all the local governmental committees to approve the, the final plat, the final layout. You know, I know that in January, this development's coming before the Land Subdivision Committee uh, for, for potential approval and review. So the developers are moving rapidly through that process. And this spring 22 groundbreaking is based on the upcoming approvals that have to happen at the local government level to get it done. So it's it's... Even though we've talked about a sports complex the last 20 years, I've not seen one that is to this point of completion that this project is, that the Shield Sports Park is. So I'm very excited, and a lot of money is being invested by the developers just to get the design done and everything else. So there's there's a lot of activity on this, and even though you're not seeing it, Outwardly, inwardly, they're doing all the things they can to get ready for a launch. Another major local project that also requires uh, approval of various aspects of it along the way is the uh, the Lincoln Land Energy Center, the Emberclear project uh, down near Pawnee. Uh, and as we talked about uh, the last time you're here with us, uh, there has been sort of a, a growing organized opposition to this natural gas-fired power plant from environmentalists, the Sierra Club and others. And last week, they uh, went to the Illinois EPA with hundreds and hundreds of signatures in opposition to this project as the EPA is is now considering the permits to allow this to go forward. Uh, what's your sense as far as, you know, is that going to have an impact on this process? And do we have a, a timeline yet as to when we expect an EPA decision and allow that, that project to proceed? Well, time will only tell if it has an impact on it. And um, we also have to think about the fact that the Illinois EPA spent over four years reviewing this project to make sure that it met or exceeded all of their standards to even get to the point to have a draft air permit. So I am I completely respect the opinions and, and of others on factors like this. And, you know, it's project approval is never easy. We never support a project that 100% of the community is behind. So I completely understand that. However, you know, th- this uh, the developer is not asking for a variance on any of the environmental requirements. They're meeting and exceeding all those requirements. And at the end of the day, you know, that's a, a big factor the Illinois EPA has to look at. This is a regulatory matter. You know, you meet the standard <clears throat> or you don't meet the standard, and the developer has is met or exceeded the standards at, at every point of requirement that they've had. They've also already had the approvals of the local governmental bodies for zoning and, and land use. And so they've worked very hard over the last several years uh, to get to this point. Uh, as far as when EPA will release their decision, you know, the public comment period ended on Friday, December 17th, last Friday. And we obviously don't expect a decision until after the first of the year. 
but we're hopeful it won't be too far past the first of the year. So then this uh, development team can move forward on getting, you know, breaking ground on this project too. And we can put these 700 union construction workers to work building the state-of-the-art power generating facility. We will uh, watch carefully for more on that. Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance is here with us. And Ryan, this is our last check-in in calendar year 2021. It has been another uh, at times challenging year, although certainly we saw some uh, positive signs as we start this uh, long climb out of the, the pandemic and the recession that went along with it. As you look back on this year, what do you see as the, the major uh, accomplishments, uh, the major uh, achievements in the arena of economic development locally? Well, we have seen a lot of, we're fortunate, we've seen a lot of small businesses in our community rebound out of the pandemic and stay open. And that's a, that's a real blessing because, boy, they sure took it on the chin um, during the pandemic. And it was very scary. We are seeing people go back to work. Uh, the labor force participation rate, the unemployment rate is headed the right direction, although we have a lot of work to do on that. And going into 22, that's going to be a goal of ours to get more people to work, to bring more jobs, to, to and continue to see the number of workers in our community increase. We had a couple of large projects that, that we just talked about take major steps forward, which is really exciting. Um, we uh, signed an agreement with NextSite Consulting Services to start doing the retail, restaurant, and commercial development for harder to develop areas around the community. So we're going excited to continue with that and moving into into 22. They will be uh, coming to the community at some point for some presentations, and hopefully we can get them, you know, Jim, on your show in front of some other folks too to talk about their work. Uh, so there, there were a lot of steps forward. Um, saw our number of Thrive Allies increase. We want to keep that number going forward too going through 22. So it was 2021 was was challenging, but I, I feel like we did still accomplish a number of things. Yeah. And um, uh, the um, the microphone's always open here to uh, to bring those folks in. Sure. We'd love to uh, be able to talk to them about that. As you look ahead to 2022, uh, major aspirations, goals in mind. I know we, we've got another little case of the jitters right now as we're seeing the COVID cases climb again. Uh, we've seen Wall Street uh, on some shaky ground today. Uh, we're starting a, a new year still with some uncertainty in the air. So how how does that shape your approach to the uh, to the new year? Yeah, there is still a lot of uncertainty, and uh, you know, there's just there's no guarantee what tomorrow brings. So we have to do everything we can to increase the probability of a good outcome. There just aren't any guarantees in life, and boy, the last couple of years have taught us that more than ever. But we're still going to get out and sell this community. And then the question always is, is it going to work? You know, you never know if it's going to work. But if we don't do anything, I can almost guarantee what the outcome is going to be, and it's not going to be good. So with the variants, with COVID going on, we recognize that. We're sensitive to that. We're still going to get out and continue to sell this community. We're going to support the businesses that are here right now, help them continue to be successful, and bring new businesses and new jobs in the community. But also, more importantly to any of that, is getting our workers ready to go and continuing to get people back to work, get them employed, get them trained and working with all the folks that do that too. So 22, you know, the, the bar is going to continue to get raised every single year here at the Growth Alliance. We're going to raise the bar a little bit more next year and hopefully jump right over the top of it. We wish you uh, all the best in these important endeavors. And in the meantime, Ryan McCready, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and yours. And we look forward to continuing these regular conversations in calendar year 2022. Thank you, Jim. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and thank you for being such a supporter of the Growth Alliance and always having me on your show every month. I really do appreciate it. And we always look forward to it. Ryan, thanks again for your time.